Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. Today's stories, the New York National Guard is being deployed to replace unvaccinated healthcare workers. In New York State, we'll talk about it. Next, Biden claims that vaccinations must increase to the level of 97 to 98% before we can return to normal. Third, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. You remember when his video went viral? He has now been placed behind bars. He's in the brig as we speak. And finally, the New Yorker endorses blowing up oil pipelines. All of this and we're ahead, Human Events Daily. Huge headline in New York State, and I want to just get into it. The new New York governor, who again, nobody voted for, Kathy Hochul, has announced that she will be deploying the New York National Guard to backfill unvaccinated healthcare workers that are refusing the mandates. Listen to this. We'll be nation leading with our mandate, which strikes at midnight tonight when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of New York or a healthcare facility to have been vaccinated. I will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to address the shortages where they occur. That's going to allow me to deploy the National Guard who are medically trained, deploy people uh, who've been retired, who may have had a licensed lapse, bring in people from elsewhere. That is not my first position of my friends. My, my, my desire is to have the people who've been out there continue to work in their jobs, work in them safely, and to all the other healthcare workers who are vaccinated, they also deserve to know that the people they're working with so with this headline out there, of course, a lot of people are focusing on the fact, and rightfully so, that, you know, what exactly is this? The quartering of troops within New York State? Yeah, we've seen that before. I think there's an amendment about it. I think it's called the Third Amendment. We don't usually argue about that one, but here we go, right? Uh, no, gosh, people are saying, no, Jack Posobiec called for the quarter. No, I know it's not the actual quartering of troops. Shut up, media matters. So the question, though, is that I want to ask that nobody's asking why are so many healthcare workers refusing the mandate in the first place that you have to deploy the National Guard to backfill them? If this was a real pandemic that was 10 times more deadly than what we're seeing going on, that wouldn't be possible. That wouldn't be something that's even within the realm of possibility. And yet that's what's happening. But I want to remind you what it was that Joe Biden said just a year ago. This is the part of the segment that I said that we're going to be doing called Then and Now. Then and Now. So you heard the now. Now we'll give you the then. Joe Biden. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to take out a minute to thank all the hardworking men and women who are on the front lines uh, in this fight against this coronavirus outbreak. You know, uh, firefighters, paramedics, police officers, healthcare providers, grocery and retail workers, delivery people, transit workers, there's so many other. Your hard work is what makes America run every single day, but especially in times of crisis. Consequently, your employers and your government should be doing everything they can to ensure that you receive the protections, accommodations, and benefits that you need and deserve. We couldn't get through this crisis without you. And that's not an exaggeration, it's true. So thank you. Thank you for all the risk you're taking. Thank you for the lives you're saving. Thank you for what you do. You deserve to have everything you need to do your job. You deserve to have everything you need to do your job. We couldn't get through this crisis without you. 
Except for those of you who don't comply, you're all fired. Get out. We don't want you anymore. This is another example of medical tyranny. You may not be interested in medical tyranny, but medical tyranny is interested in you. I said it before, go watch the movie Gattaca. They laid it out 25 years ago. They are separating the country into two classes, those that are valid and those that are invalid. And keep in mind that we now have a changing definition of who exactly is valid or invalid. And this is starting with the booster shots, right? It used to be if you got one, okay, well, I've got the vaccination. Oh, well, you actually need two. Oh, you know, you actually need the booster, right? Do you see what's happening? Do you understand the shift in the, place here, the placement here? What lane are you going to be in? Where are you going to be when it comes to this? They're not going to let it stop on their own. Even the people who one year ago, we were told were the heroes, they had those memes, they were posting the Marvel memes saying, uh, walking down the hallway and it's like the Incredible Hulk and he's you know, clapping for the doctors and the healthcare workers, but now it's get out, get rid of you. We don't want you anymore. You didn't comply. About a year ago, when Biden came into office, right, he's, he's, he's coming up on the end of his first year, he was saying, we need to unite. We need to unite as one country. I want to be a president for all people. You know, I think about that a lot when he blames everyone who's unvaccinated for the pandemic, the dehumanization of the unvaccinated, even the word unvaccinated, by the way, I'm not even going to say it anymore. How about medical choicers? How about pro-choice? How about any of that? Independent decision makers, independent thinkers. Folks, wake up to what's going on in your country. This is going on in many countries throughout the world, and now it's here in the United States, in the West, and it's sweeping across the world. We'll get into it more in the next segment. Human Events Daily continues. Well, congratulations to Joe Biden, who just received his first booster shot. Aren't we proud? Aren't we so happy, folks? By the way, did you see his arm when they pulled that thing up? This guy looks like a werewolf under there. That's like, you know, I'm, I'm not a big guy who's into like manscaping or any of that stuff. Like real men don't shave below the neck, right? But this is, uh, Joe, you know, I, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe do a little something. Right? I'm not saying go full nair, but I, I, I'm just saying, dude, a little bit. A little bit interesting, a little bit interesting. But anyway, let's look at this clip because when he got his booster shot yesterday, Joe Biden went and answered a question. And by the way, I hope that Joe Biden slept well last night after he got his booster shot. I hope he didn't have any of those lingering side effects. But even if he didn't, Joe, if you do want the best night's sleep in the whole wide world and you don't want any side effects, you need to sleep on a MyPillow with MyPillow.com up to 66% off with promo code FOSA. No, but seriously, folks, listen to what Joe Biden said in answer to a question. They, they, it, it's a reporter, and in a random act of journalism, as a late great Rush Limbaugh used to say, they actually asked him, how many people, what's the percentage, do you have a number, until we can get back to normal Joe Biden? What is the number that you're looking at? You know, we, last year we heard current immunity, uh, natural immunity, we were talked about this, we were told about this. What is the number? Can you give us some semblance of what it will take for us to get back to normal, in your opinion, sir? Listen to what he said. How many Americans need to be vaccinated for us to go back to normal? Like, what is the percentage of total vaccinations that have to be deployed? Well, I think, look, I think we get the vast majority, like is going on in some of the, some industries and some schools, 
97, 98%. I think we're going awful close. And, uh, but I'm not the scientist. Uh, uh, I think, but one thing for sure, a quarter of the country can't go unvaccinated. So you heard that, right? You, you heard what he said. 97 to 98%. Yeah, that's nearly 100%. And he does not talk, I didn't hear him qualify that by saying adults. I didn't hear him say anything about uh, focusing on people who are immunocompromised. I'm like, do you, do, you, do you mean 97 to 98% of seniors and people who are immunocompromised and people who you know, uh, really need this thing, people who are at risk, people who have comorbidities such as obesity, et cetera, et cetera? No, 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 he didn't say that. He also said, we can't allow 25% of people to go without this thing. Excuse me? What if you have natural immunity? What if you already had COVID and you have the antibodies and you're someone who doesn't have comorbidities, someone who's not obese, someone who's in good physical shape, and you say to yourself, look, I want to make this decision for myself. I have the independence, I have the liberty to be able to make medical decisions for myself and my family. I understand, by the way, and at the same token, if you have people in your family that are over a certain age, and do then fit into one of those risk categories, then sure, give them the medicine first, 100%. But if you're also somebody who's looking at the situation and says, look, you know, I'm gonna roll the dice, or if you're someone who already says, I've got natural immunity, like I do, by the way, then I still don't understand exactly why is it that you need more antibodies when you have the antibodies? And studies are showing that it turns out that it looks like the immunity is quite long lasting. The answer is simple. It's very simple. And I said it in the last segment and I'm gonna say it again because I need to drive this home. This is medical tyranny. We are going to call it what it is because that's what's going on. Now, of course, just like every other tyranny throughout history, we're told, it's for your own good. It's for the good of the country. It's for national security. And keep in mind, this will be framed in terms of a national security issue. How do I know that? I was told just minutes after that uh, event took place and answer, after Biden answered that question, I had a White House official reach out to me and said, look, that number wasn't coming from Joe Biden. That was actually from a briefing that he had last week with none other than Dr. Anthony Fauci, St. Anthony Fauci, right? He's the one who said 97, 98%. We can go back and see videos of Fauci saying that we could attain herd immunity. And we were told that herd immunity might be 75, 80% early on. I guess that's completely out the window. And immunity, right, we don't talk, notice they don't even talk about immunity anymore. They talk about vaccination, as if vaccination is the only way through, it's the only cure-all. And yet we also hear about breakthrough cases. We also hear about efficacy being lost. That's the whole reason we need boosters in the first place. So where does it end? Ladies and gentlemen, this is why you have to fight tyranny when it starts. When you have the government coming out and saying everyone must comply, Everyone must comply with this or else. That's when it's time to stand up. That's when you find students, when you find military members, when you find employees that are banding together, that are forming class action lawsuits, that are marching in the streets of New York City and Staten Island. You've got BLM and you've got MAGA out there saying the same things on the same side. That's when you understand something is wrong. Something's rotten in Detroit and we're not 
going to stand for it because we still are, last time I checked, the American people. Stay tuned. In the aftermath of the Biden administration's botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, so many people were asking questions. Why did this happen? How could this happen on America's watch? How did the military let this happen? 20 years, trillions and trillions of dollars, and we watch it all evaporate with humiliation after humiliation on the world stage. And not a single person was fired, not a single person resigned, not a single person lost their job. Oh wait, excuse me. There was one person who lost their job. There was one person who resigned. But it wasn't someone who was in the chain of command. It wasn't Joe Biden, it wasn't General Milley, it wasn't Austin. They're, they're over, by the way, testifying in front of Congress right now. It wasn't my fault. It was, it was the Afghan army's fault, and it was Trump's fault, and it was your fault, and it was their fault. It's, it's, these, this is what you happens when you have a permanent bureaucracy class uh, and in the administrative state that we have today in Washington, D.C., right, they serve to seek attention, accolades, and promotions while passing the buck and passing the blame off to everyone else. There's no such thing as accountability for them. But one man in uniform came up and said, we need accountability at the highest levels. His name was Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. Go watch his video. I, in vain, if we don't have senior leaders that own up and, and raise their hand and say, we did not do this well in the end. Without that, we just keep repeating the same mistakes, this amalgamation of the economic slash corporate slash political slash higher military ranks are not holding up their end of the bargain. I want to say this very strongly. I have been fighting for 17 years. I am willing to throw it all away to say to my senior leaders, I demand accountability. Now you remember that video went viral. Where is Lieutenant Colonel Scheller today, you ask? Well, as we film this show right now, as I say these words to you, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller is behind bars and he was placed there by the United States military. He is pending a disciplinary hearing, and he has been placed there because he refused to stop talking. They told him that they wanted to put a gag order on him. They ordered him to shut up. They ordered him to stop saying what he was saying. But I think what he was saying was very simple, and I think what he was saying was giving a voice to a sentiment that was found across the military, certainly from people I talked to behind the scenes, all the way up really to that 06 level, the colonel level, and he's an 05. The enlisted men think this way, many of the officers think this way, the flags, the generals, they're all politicians. The admirals, they're not gonna talk this way. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller knew what he was doing. He knew that they would come after him for speaking out. He knew that he was putting it all on the line, his career, his pension, his money, his life, his service to the country. But he also understood that you have to stand for something or you will stand for nothing. And the fact of the matter is that he did that when nobody else would, because how can you stand there? 
How can you stand there as a military officer? How can you stand there as an American? How can you stand there as an official of the US government and say, I want my people to be accountability? As a father, how can you have accountability from your children? How can you ask them to take responsibility for their actions? That's something I try to teach to my kids. Responsibility, if you make a mess, clean it up. If you committed a mistake, admit it and fix it. Right? It's not about punishment. It's about correcting the behavior, making amends and going forward. But what Scheller showed us was that the US government at the highest levels isn't interested in doing that. They're not interested in accountability. They're not interested in responsibility. Millie is still there. Austin is still there. Now we'll see what happens this week and I'm gonna be following this hearing and I'm gonna report back to you, but I guarantee you, they're gonna pass the buck. It's gonna be the blame game. It's gonna be finger pointing. You know, I had something that um, Sister Janet, when I, was in, when I was in Catholic high school, she used to say something to me uh, that always stuck with me. You know what Sister Janet said? That when you point a finger at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Millie, you got three fingers pointing at you, buddy, right now, and we can all see it. Do you ever notice that left-wing journalists almost seem to be on the side of Antifa. When you're reading their articles, do you ever say, you know, it kind of seems like they support one side and they're against another side. It just, I don't know, there's a little, you know, every once in a while, I kind of get that impression when I read left-wing media and I listen to left-wing podcasts, because I do, I know, I know, look, I do it, we do it here at Human Events Daily, so you don't have to. We just give you the bottom line up front. But you gotta understand, folks, that going into this show, we are going into hours and hours of research. Do you have any idea how much it takes to compress the massive entirety of the 24-hour news cycle into the top four stories every day, the most important things that we believe, and you can you know, take it or leave it, that we believe are the most important for you that you're not getting elsewhere and that you need throughout your day. So that's why we say share this with your normie friends, get it out there. Again, this is something that I've been tracking personally since 2016. I wrote a book about it last year called Antifa Inside the Black Block, and we got into this issue very specifically. This is the normalization of political violence by the left. You saw it with Jake Tapper, you saw it with Chris Cuomo, CNN comparing uh, Antifa fighters to the troops at Normandy, right? Now listen to this, listen to how far the New Yorker was willing to go on a podcast they just held with a guy by the name of Andreas Malm, the author of a new book entitled, I kid you not, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Take a listen. For property destruction. So I'm not saying we should stop strikes or, or square occupations or demonstrations of the usual kind. I'm all in favor of that. But I do think we need to step up because so little has changed and so many investments are still being poured into new fossil fuel projects. So you, I am you, in favor of, of destroying machines, property, not harming people. That's a very, uh, very important distinction there. Uh, and I think property can be destroyed in all manner of ways, or it can be neutralized for, in, a, in a very gentle fashion as when we deflated the SUVs, or in a more spectacular fashion, as in potentially blowing up a, a pipeline that's under construction. That's something that people have done. So you, so you are recommending 
blowing up a pipeline. You use the phrase. That's terrorism. That's just straight up domestic terrorism. It's actually international terrorism because this guy is a foreigner, the same way, by the way, Antifa started in, uh, in Germany in the 1930s. And if you want to go read more about that, antifabook.com, you can go read the whole thing, get a personalized copy, et cetera, et cetera. Understand where this is coming from and understand where this is going. They are normalizing political violence against targets of their specification. There's, they are admitting that peaceful means are not working. I don't want a civil war in this country. Nobody wants a civil war in this country. But when you have people out there, like the New Yorker, one of the most powerful magazines in this country, at least on the left, is coming out and interviewing people and saying, well, oh, this is just an activist. He's just very passionate. He's so passionate. He's just, he's got so much passion. We're hearing stories as well that people are being arrested in California for starting wildfires. Again, eco-terrorism. It's still terrorism. People are going to die. People are going to loot co without energy. Do you understand what happens when you disrupt the supply chains like that for people that need it, for hospitals? Think, think. The question is, are they just not thinking or do they know exactly, exactly what they're doing? I'm a believer in Hanlon's razor, but at the same time, you really have to ask what's going on behind the scenes when you hear stuff like this. Well, that's all the time we have today for Human Events Daily, but before we go, it's time, once again, for today's moment in history. Did you know that today, September 27th, is the anniversary of a 1928, when Dr. Alexander Fleming accidentally discovered penicillin, an antibacterial, and essentially created the entire field of antibiotics. That's back when science was done for the sake of science and not scientism. Follow science, not scientism. Don't just go with whatever your TV says. Ladies and gentlemen, follow this podcast, share it, get it out to your normie friends, be the influence agent. Be good, be brief, be gone. That is our motto here on Human Events Daily. We are giving you all the news faster than anyone else can give it, plus the high impact analysis that will help you throughout your day. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>